to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl. No my haere mai kia ora and welcome to our first Books and Beyond Literary Lounge. Um, this is your host Alison and I'm joined in the virtual lounge today by my lovely colleague Inika. Kia ora Inika. Kia ora Alison, thanks so much for having me. Oh look, it's so good to have you here in in the virtual lounge. Uh, this is a lockdown edition, so we're actually coming to you from separate lounges today. I'm in my sunroom and I've got a, a lovely old dog at my feet, so that makes it really nice. Now, where are you, Inika? I'm actually in my closet. Oh, um, okay. right. Yeah, yeah, closet seemed to be best in the lockdown because I knew I was going to be on a podcast. I had a little Google and apparently we need a lot of fabric around us when we're podcasting from home to make sure that the sound comes out nicely so I'm sitting amongst all the clothes that I'm not wearing right now oh good oh I should I am wearing clothes right now oh good oh yeah the clothes that I'm not wearing during lockdown (laughs) oh good oh I'm pleased to know that I'm glad you've got some standards (laughs) to know yeah look I tell you what I've thought more about soft furnishings over the last few weeks than I've ever thought of before and um in terms of closets do you know, I don't think I can ever go back into the closet. So um, that's, that's probably why I'm doing the sunroom thing <laughs> with fabrics. Fair enough. So once out, stay out. Yeah, that's right. Well, I've got my lovely cup of tea here. So on today's Literary Lounge, we decided that we're going to talk to our listeners about what we've been reading through the lockdown and what's on our TBR lists, basically. And we should have time for a couple of hot tips some tips and tricks. So um, I might get started if, if that's okay. Go for it. Nika. Um, I started out, well, I thought it was a great chance to kind of smash out my to-be-read list because I don't know about you, but mine is just huge and it never, that curve, I cannot flatten the curve. <laughs> that's right. As hard as we try. As, yeah. It keeps yeah. going up. It does. But look, I um, uh, read one of your recommendations and um, that's the one called Sweet Girl by Travis Mulhauser. Um, oh. And you did a fantastic fantastic book bite mini pod on this title and your two minute review was so good and it was so inviting that I just had to read the book so I want to thank you for that oh my pleasure I'm so glad it did the track it sure did and um what I must just say is that I'll put the link on the show notes which I'll tell you about later so that people can find the two minute review of Sweet Girl but oh it was great now it's available as a an ebook e-audio on overdrive and it is in hard copy as well so um it's sweet girl is it's a a modern american dream turned american nightmare thriller i guess set in the um that top part of michigan that beautiful part of the world right up uh where the great lakes kind of meet each other There's that beautiful sense of landscape that runs through it. As it turns out, it's just a coincidence that I happen to know that area of the world quite well. But that, I guess that's another story. But you've got, it's, it's a thriller, I guess, isn't it? Um, yes, it is really. It's a sort of a thriller slash coming of age novel. The lead character is 16, um, Percy, and 
she's wise beyond her years due to reasons beyond her control really yes yeah and she's having to um grow up really quickly and try and save save her mum who's in the grips of of addiction um that's right as we know um in that it well, so much of America now are in this, the grip of not only the opioid crisis, but um, the meth crisis as well. That's uh, right. Sadly, they seem to take turns, don't they? they- yeah. It's just, um, it's so sad. And yet um, here we have this uh, kind of sad yet exciting adventure running through the hills of of northern Michigan. Well, they're in the snow as well. Absolutely. The blizzard's coming and it's all on for Percy in this book. Yeah, sadly. And and what an amazing young woman she is because she's really having to be the the parent in her family. And then um, she's saving a, a young baby too that that is a um, another a, victim, the victim of of the whole mess that they found themselves in up there. Um, but gee, this was a, a book that went along at such a rollicking pace. I read it in one sitting, and I think you said you did as well. Yes, I did. It was just so compelling, and I could not put it down. Yeah, me too. Um, and I usually don't read books and I usually don't get through them in one one shot because I'm not the fastest reader but uh, this was just great it was really exciting and I think it was just what I needed during these strange lockdown times that we found ourselves in over the last six or so weeks. I think you're probably right I mean definitely um, a book that comes in with the plot plot as strong as this is exactly what's needed because you actually need something to just take you away for a little bit yeah that's when it's 200 pages that's yes you know that's perfect really because then you can just go dive straight in yeah yeah look he's a good writer and um i know he's written short stories uh but i'm i'm actually can't wait to see what what he's going to to write next and i know he writes this is stuff that this is material that's close to his heart really isn't it it is he's a he's a north michigan born and raised and still living in the area so it'd be interesting to see whether in his next books he sticks with the same on the same ground or whether he extends a bit further it's a little bit quiet on his website but i really hope who knows who knows what comes out of lockdown yep that's right hopefully he's getting more material out there and um it's just such a sad thing that we're witnessing you know we're witnessing this american dream that's turning into a nightmare and for uh, that area that he writes about you kind of don't think of it as being part of the american rust belt but i Mm. kind of think that it is because there's been that loss of industry up there and you've got so many of the population that have have lost all their their economic opportunities that's so true um I mean, yes. I know some some areas in there. It's Detroit. It's had yes. terrible, terrible bankruptcies, yes. and um, I have heard that they're on the rise again. But um, I guess that's it's really in context with the rest of America, isn't it? Yes, and who knows who knows what's going to happen. And you know, I was thinking when I read this that it's only really one step from this kind of fiction to uh, dystopian fiction, really, because I could almost imagine there was part of it when they're running around 
in the book with guns in the in the snowy hills. Mm. I was thinking of the Hunger Games, just um, you know, and there was almost that comparison. Well, it's so true because really, I mean, in the book, you know, they're they're struggling with poverty, addiction, loss of opportunities, and you know, if that's not dystopian, what is? What is? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's one that I think we definitely highly recommend it for our listeners, wouldn't we? But Absolutely. I, but thank you, Enika, for, for getting me onto that. Oh, no, my pleasure. Well, it was another librarian that put me onto a good friend of mine who's a high school librarian, and she chose it for their senior book club at school. Yeah. And the nice thing about her book club was that it's mixed. It's teachers and senior school students. So it has a really interesting dynamic in the club, and I think this book was a perfect pick for it. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's a real crossover book, isn't it? But It really is, yeah. For, for everyone. Wonderful. Hey, look, um, speaking of sort of dystopian fiction, there's not really a big jump from the dystopian kind of stuff to pandemic literature as well, is there? And, and I know well, you've been that's right. a pandemic recently. I have, I have. Uh, look, I don't know whether it was a good idea or a bad idea at the moment, but... <laughs> But when I went to clear my um, the request shelf just before the library closed, sitting there and waiting for me was um, Catherine Ann Porter's short novel called Pale Horse, Pale Rider. Oh, right. um, And this was published in 1939. And um, it's actually a semi-autobiographical account, so it is fiction, but it's heavily based on her own experience of um, nearly dying from the Spanish flu. In 1918. 1918 pandemic, yes. That's right. So yeah, because that killed, um, what was it, like 50 million people worldwide died? It was huge. It was absolutely yeah. huge. And there's been lots of comparisons um, with the 1918 pandemic. Well, of course, the situation we're going through right now. And, of course, there's lots of looking back into that time and seeing what was done at that time and yeah, some of the learning has come over. <laughs> yes, and um, we would, I hope that we've learned. Well, I think there were a lot of learnings that were experienced through that. Mm. And yet I hope we haven't forgotten some of those as well. I suppose it's all playing out in front of us, isn't it? Well, it is, it is. Um, in, in her novel, um, Hail Horse to Pale Rider, um, she, uh, the main character is a journalist um, working in Denver, so oh. again, up in the north. Yes. Northern parts of America. America. Yeah. And um, at the time when she becomes sick, she's just started a short romance with a, um, a soldier who's due to go away oh, to wow. war. So the book follows the journalist and her soldier partner. And they're really, um, this is as the pandemic, uh, sorry, the, uh, the flu is approaching. And as the war is, is ramping up, as far as America is concerned, they're having this one last week of freedom, really. Before, and then she gets sick. And um, then the, the novel twists into this um, sort of you're jumping between fever dreams and what's going on with her care and and so on. And she does survive, um, as did Catherine Ann Porter. Um, oh, okay, yes, yeah. But she said that it changed the experience of the um, of surviving the flu, changed her life forever. And I think when you read this book, you can really see it. It was published. Um, 
well after the events of, of when she she went through it, of course. Um, but she was quite a meticulous writer. It took her a very long time to finish works, and she had written relatively few books, one novel and just um, short stories mainly. Right. Yeah, and because it, it looks as though it was published really at the beginning of the the next World War. So that's right. That's those, right. Those people went through so much, didn't they? What they was, really, really did. Depression, um, you know, the Great Depression and then pandemic and, yeah, so great um, material for writers. I that's guess. right, that's right. Well, I really, really recommend this book. Um, unfortunately, it's not available in the ebook, but there are hard copies available. So when our libraries um, start reopening, then I really recommend that you jump in and try her work. Um, you may also like to try her novel, Ship of Fools, which was um, published in the 60s. Very, very popular in the year it was published. Um, I haven't read it myself, but I will certainly be seeking it out. Her writing style was like glass. It was beautiful. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank Thanks for that recommendation. Yeah, so sometimes this sort of gallows reading can be can be useful, can't it? Um, well, I think it could help process these situations. You know, yeah. it can be a comfort to know that people have gone through these situations and come out the other side. Yeah, that's right. And, um, yes, there's often some sort of uplifting material in them. Yeah, it's not that's all right. doom and gloom, is it? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Thanks for that. No, that's great. That's one that I'm going to um, really look forward to getting a hold of too. Good on you, yeah, yeah. Put that on my ever-expanding TV. <laughs> so thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. Oh, no worries. It's just a slow one. It's just yes. a slow one. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, um, what I decided to do during lockdown was to really, as I said, bash out my, my TBR list. And um, really as a result of reading um, the earlier work by Travis Mulhauser, mm. after I read that, I thought, you know, I really want to read some more about America and the, this northern area of it because it is the the literature that comes out of there is is so interesting. Mm. And so I thought, who should I read? But Jeffrey Eugenides, and you know, I've got oh, to wonderful. say, to my absolute shame, I had never read any of his his works. And but he's been on my my TBR list for years. And oh, good on you, Alison, for, for going for it. Yes. We all have those um, authors or those titles that that we just haven't haven't got round to for one reason or another. Yeah, and I know working in the in the libraries, customers and staff that you know they'd bring back one of his books and they say, "Oh my God, this was amazing! You've got to uh. read him." And and so he was always on my list, but for one reason or another, I just I never got myself started. But I'm so pleased that I did. I've read um, a couple of them over the the last few weeks, and I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm about to start another one, but I think I've got quite a literary crush on this this guy. His writing is just is beautiful. Um, so the the first one, um, or the yeah, the first book that I read was are actually short stories. Well, they're kind of long stories, but mm-hmm. short stories, and that's called Fresh Complaint. And All right. Available also in hard copy and ebook form through Overdrive, and then so that got, gave me a really good a good introduction to his work, and then from there I jumped over to the Marriage Plot. Um, oh yes, I which, think that was the last one of his I read. 
Yeah. Oh, man, I've just loved that. And that's um, set in the, um, oh, I was going to say the New England area. It's that Rhode Island area, beautiful part of the world. And it's set in Brown University. So it's about students who are who are just about to graduate. And they're, they're about the to... The Ivy Leaguers. Yes, embark on their, their big adventures. Oh. But, um, you know, we were talking earlier about the American dream. Um, yes. Hey, I'm just going to interrupt myself. Can you hear banging? Um, that's, oh, just a little bit. Yeah, that's my lovely dog. Hello. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she got up off her blanket, and I think she's wondering what what we're doing. And she walked into my to my trash can, to my my waste paper basket. I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> walked into. Her. She wants in on the action. Yes. Reading in lockdown, Alison. I think she wants someone to read. To her. So, yeah, you know, sorry about that. Um, no worries. Look, the joys of, of home recordings. Uh, <laughs> she's just left the room. Okay, I've offended her. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, getting back to that American dream, and, you know, we were talking earlier about that, that you know, you've got the American nightmare as well. Mm. And I think um, with Jeffrey Eugenides, his, his works, it's almost like his character's they're still in the American dream, or they're they're kind of hanging in, hanging on in there, aren't they? Um, yes, some of them are definitely. Yes, yeah, but it's like some of that dream or that economic stability is slipping through their fingertips, really. So he's a lot of them are thinking about money, but that's that's life, isn't it? When you're out there trying to survive and that's right, trying to feed your family and. You know that that's a big part of our our lives. So it's all about the hustle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And so I'd be really interesting to see what he's going to write next too, as we notice that you know as our world is changing. Yes, absolutely. I think the first one I read of his was um, Middlesex. Um, oh yes. Now I a, haven't got onto that yet. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty thick tome. I think around five or six hundred pages in that one, and that's. That's pretty interesting. A, a, a little bit like um, Porter. It's, I don't know that it's semi-autobiographical, but I, I understand that he used a lot of his um, the experience of his family um, as uh, Greek immigrants coming to to the states um, as as part of the basis for that book. Yes, and because with America, you've got the immigration story that runs through so much of their literature. Don't you? Um, Absolutely, making it so rich as well. Yes, and continue it. You know, still. Yes, and um, now I know also with uh, Middlesex and um, one of his other books too. He's there's been discussion about, um, and it's that old story about writing from authentic experience. But he's quite. I know he's quite clear that he will write as sensitively as possible mm-hmm. um, but sometimes he he insists on writing from other people's experience and I know that that doesn't always sit well with reviewers yes yeah, it, more and more um, it's becoming something that's that's really on the radar of a lot of people and, and reviewers yeah. isn't it yeah. yeah lots of interesting conversations going on about that yeah absolutely but I I respect him for his his actions and his views um, mm. at, at this stage, but I'm I'm aware that there's that balancing. There's those two parts to the to the story. Yeah, 
I think, you know, to me, I think he is quite a good feminist, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I, I imagine people, you could, uh, I'm sure someone could come in at me and argue that. <laughs> so feel, There's always one, at least. Feel free to <laughs> say, please don't at me, but you know, at me over that. And, but he, yeah, um, when you compare him to a lot of other um, American male writers, I think he's, He's pretty good. He's got pretty good politics about gender and and all yes. different genders. And um, well, that's right. And Middlesex was um, obviously that was a really um, huge component of that book. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know his main character uh, Callie in that book. Uh, Callie, Cal, Calliope. Yes. Um, identity changing throughout the the book. Um, yeah. Intersex. Um, uh, young person, yes. and um, and their experience changing that identity as um, as as needs, yeah, as it was needed. Yeah, and um, I know there'll always be big criticism if you if you do attempt a, a really ambitious novel like something mm. like that. But um, I kind of think good on him for adding. A voice to the mix, but um, well, that's right. It was two thousand and two too, so this is you know this is quite a while ago, really. Yeah, and I think we've got to remember that that it's of its t- that sort of work is of its time, and um, perhaps you wouldn't attempt something like that in twenty twenty. Perhaps not. I mean, the, it's interesting. The um, you know he sort of embedded it in a story of the his the Greek immigrant experiences. As he, he he sort of grounded it in this um, this gene research that he looked at, yes, and um, and kind of tied the the characters' um, intersex traits to this um, to a sort of an inbreeding and genetic um, situation. So yes. yeah, pretty interesting. So I, I'm wondering whether that I don't know, maybe it's yeah. not. Maybe it's not, not enough. Not, I'm not sure. Yeah, and maybe now it's it's not. Perhaps now it's not enough. Right. Yeah, mm. but um, it's. I'll definitely be reading it um, after. I'm about to read the Virgin Suicides, so um, ah, yes, um, I'm all primed. So after that, I'm going to read Middlesex. But um, yeah, yeah. But I I I like him, um, and I know. You're never going to be everything to everybody, are you? I, I guess, as a writer, um, that's right. And you have to walk some fine lines, especially in 2020. Um, you do, you do. I mean, it's, it's yeah. As I say, there's there's so many conversations going on around this, and these are conversations that need to be had. Absolutely, yep, yep. I think it's important to do that. So, feel free to at me over over this one. But I'm kind of crushing on old Jeffrey. I think. He's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, what you've been knocking some off your TBR list as well. Well, I've been trying. My TBR list is is absolutely huge. I have bookshelves all through my house, Mm -hmm. including stacked through my bedroom and stacked in corners of my bedroom. (laughs) So I'll never really be done, um, especially working in a library. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, there's always a library book that trumps what's on my shelves for some reason. But um, but I did manage to check off one from my own shelf um, this time. 
And I think it was after I'd read a, a few too many heavy books and perhaps the pandemic like was last straw. Um, I actually grabbed um, David Nichols' One Day, which is not a, it's not a new book at all. Um, and it's, again, one of those ones that it just, um, I had read other books for David Nichols, but hadn't read that one. Hadn't seen the movie with Anne Hathaway or anything like that. So I've no idea what that's any good. Yes, I haven't seen the film. I, I've read the book uh, quite some time ago. <laughs> yes, um, like everybody else, that's right. <laughs> how did you enjoy it? I did really enjoy it. Um, again, it was it's very much of its time, and I think it, it does resonate a bit for me. Um, you know, it had that sort of the London vibes, it had the clubby vibes, and it had... Um, you know, university stuff in there. And so that, that sort of um, did resonate with me. And it was definitely what I needed on the on the weekend that I read it, yeah. um, which was, I think, um, probably a couple of weeks after lockdown when I was really starting to um, scratch the walls. Yeah, yeah. And often I think, um, well, I found I was doing a lot of thinking at home and thinking about, you're sort of thinking back um, to my dim dark, dark distant future about when I was at uni and and that mm. sort of thing. so these I'm pretty sure that's probably why I enjoyed um the Jeffrey Eugenides uh, book The Marriage Plot because it kind of made me a bit nostalgic for my own university days as well so yeah I think nostalgia is you know it's it's ever present in these times because it's what we need we yeah. need a bit of comfort that's right, yeah. And look, David Nichol, he's a, such a good writer too, isn't he? He is. He's got a more recent one out. So if you want, um, Aaron to David Nichols, go for Sweet Sorrow, which was published last oh, year. Last year. That's yeah. right. And if you're of a certain age, that will take you back too. That's, that's about, um, a, a young couple who meet over a hazy summer and, um, and, uh, one of them joins a theatre company in order to get closer to the other. Sounds very inviting. Yeah, I think I might look check that one out myself. Yeah, and as you said, um, of a certain age. <laughs> comment, you're all right. You don't have to worry. I, I, I'm not going to make any comment about myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've, we've done so well with our TBR lists. I think we should be very proud of ourselves. And I was thinking we could probably um, slip in a few or a couple of tips and tricks um, right now. Yeah, why not? I've got a hot tip, and look, you might end up all laughing at me because maybe I'm a bit late to the party on on this one. Yeah. But I was saying, you know, I was saying earlier, I'm not really a really fast reader, which I so wish I was because in this job, as you know, you just want to read and read uh-huh. pretty rapidly. But I've found um, because I've been doing a lot of reading on my tablet on my I've got a mini iPad um, mm-hmm. and heaps of reading on that and I found that must be a, a trick of the brain or the eyes but if I hold my tablet in portrait mode as opposed to landscape mode right I just read so much faster so when I say portrait that's the up and down um long ways it is. It's the uppy downy. Yeah, the uppy downy. To the sidey sidey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, and I don't know whether uppy downy is a bit more like the shape of a traditional book. I, so I, the, when you've got in your uppy downies, um, is it um, one page per screen kind of yeah, thing? It is. Yeah. And then I swipey swipey. Um, 
to turn the and there comes the swipey swipe. Yes, and then to get to the next up down. <laughs> but I, I was going much faster than um, if I'm reading the sidey sidey long ways. <laughs> Um, I'm so oh, great. Yeah. So I, whether it's just my uh, own weird brain or eyes, who knows, but I find it works and I, you know, I've been, um, yeah. Well, that's a great tip, especially when we're all jumping into our e-books right now. Yeah. Yeah. So have you got any hot tips? I have got a hot tip for you, Alison. Um, so some of you may know that the Luminaries is um, coming soon to TVNZ. It's coming um, Sunday the 17th of May on TV1 and also on On Demand. Oh, now, I'm I went so on and- excited. I'm so oh, excited about that. So am I. Yeah. And my hot tip is that although um, we have met many copies in the library, um, there are some cues on some of our e-books and our e-audio books, but my hot tip is that if you go into the Wheeler's ebook provider you'll find that currently there's plenty of copies available at least when i looked last there were 70 copies available to buy so if you want to get on and start with the luminaries and with the series go for it oh fantastic yeah that sounds so so good yeah i loved the the luminaries but man it's a mission to read um in, yeah, a, good way, in a good way but it's eight, 800 pages or, or so isn't it it's a rather a it's a bit of a chonker. It is a bit of a chonker. Yeah. I think reading it alongside the this TV series could help. That's right, absolutely. I'm so looking forward to the to the TV series. So, yeah. Oh, look, that's that's great. Um, that was a good hot tip. <clears throat> Thanks for that. Now my dog's just come in to see me again. Maybe she wants her morning tea. Um, so look. I just want to thank you, Inika, for being part of the, um, from your closet to mine, um, <laughs> our, our loose literary lounge today. Um, and thanks to the, to the listeners. Um, now, in the books we've mentioned today, they're going to be listed on our show notes, which you'll find on the Auckland Libraries blog. And this sits on the Auckland Libraries website at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz. And you can also find our show notes via the Planet Audio website, which is planetaudio.org.nz. So um, until next time, and until we meet again. This program was brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day.